Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 28th of November 2011. For newcomers, help yourself to the audios which are there for free download at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you'll see a whole bunch of other sites listed there on that front page. These are all the official sites I have. Anything outside of that is not mine, even if my name's on it. And all those sites carry the audios. You can also go into Alan Watt Sentinel, sentinel.eu for transcripts, uh, if you want transcripts in foreign languages. And if you want them in English, you'll find them in all the sites for print up. It's up to you. Remember, too, you are the audience who bring me to you because we basically... Uh, are here. There's only me, of course, and Hamish the dog. But uh, we bring uh, information to you uh, without trying to bring in spins or or satisfying even sponsors. There's no sponsors here uh, to to bend what I'm saying either way, or promote products, or bring on guests who really are there to. This their business, and that's okay to sell you stuff, terrify you, and say here's the antidote to it. Because really we're at the stage of, of existence now where massive changes are going on. And way back, even when I was young, uh, I can remember the big guys, the Rockefellers, etc., saying that the biggest changes ever are coming. And it's going to be, these changes will be bigger, reshape the earth basically, uh, as people move from the, the agricultural areas into the big cities. And uh, it's, it's, it's very akin to the Industrial Revolution when that happened, he said. But it also said, too, that we mass migrations of people. What he meant really was free trade uh, deals being signed by governments worldwide. And it was all planned many, many years ago, this new world order, as they say, where, where basically free trade would take precedence over citizens' rights or national rights. In fact, the nations were to wither away, just like Karl Marx wanted to. And uh, we're going through that process now. All we have to do is finish off a few countries for another country uh, to, to own, basically, in the Middle East. And uh, and then, of course, the, every, every country is into the central banking system, which is all tied in and actually under the International Monetary Fund and the Bank for International Settlements. And then we can all throw our tax money across the planet, wherever the masters decide. And they can bring countries up, countries down. And the money doesn't go, mind you, to help third world countries. It goes to put in big plants of international corporations that already are international, as I say. Uh, the big ones with the, with the familiar names that we're so used to hearing from. So the world's planned in advance, and of course, we're simply living through the massive changes. And there's no conspiracy theories involved in it. They've written articles about it. They're big think tanks. I've mentioned the Club of Rome many times. That's a premier think tank for the United Nations. Uh, you can look at all the other ones, the Brookings Institute, all the other ones that work with the government, the, the RAND Corporation is a massive one too, and they publish lots and lots of documentation freely available too, and lots of books out too by people who are technocrats, ones who work behind the scenes and get things really done. They're not uh, responsible to the general public, and they can certainly get lots and, and lots uh, of things done behind the scenes. Now, 
uh, you can buy the books and discs I have at cuttingthroughmates.com. That hopefully will keep me going, and you can donate. Remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check or an international postal money order, or you can use um, PayPal. Uh, some people send cash across the world. They've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and again, PayPal, and straight donations are awfully welcome. Either I'll have to go into show business like some other people are doing and rake in the cash by giving you big yarns that would please P.T. Barnum. No end at all. I might touch on that tonight. Depends. Anyway, that's the world we're living in. Massive changes, all pre-planned. And most of the people, of course, have no idea about it because the major mainstream media divert you off into other things. And they certainly know what's going on, but they, don't, they never give you the full story of why things are going on and where it's supposed to go. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and for many years I've had people talk to me and email me or call me and ask me when all of the the social, the, the social you know, the nasty stuff hits the fan basically. And, and I say, well it already is, you're, you're living through the changes, you're seeing it all set up. You've been living through years of a police state being formed across all the so-called first world countries who are all on board with this uh, this solitary attack on New York at 9-11. And, and suddenly we're into martial law, almost scenarios everywhere. That's almost what it is. In some places, more so, in fact, there's more martial law than ever. But it also showed you that every country had obviously signed treaties and agreements to have the same martial law system using high-tech surveillance, going into the to the ID cards, all that stuff, that they have all signed years before all of that happened for, for the very event happening because bureaucrats don't move very quickly. It takes some years to, to write up something and it goes for discussion and debate and then it goes back for rewording and, and all back for 10 times or more before they're, they're quite happy with it. And it takes years before it's all done. So, but suddenly, right after 9-11, every country came out with the same bunch of rules and regulations at the same time. That's more than coordination than they're, they're capable of doing. But we've watched them build a police state. We've had years of being trained uh, through little media releases of people being tasered to death. I guess to get you used to uh, the fact that uh, you don't have the, the, the old rights that you used to have and that cops basically are, are there to kill you if they want to, basically. Uh, you don't generally see anybody getting punished for it. In fact, most of the cops are suspended for a day or two for inquiry and then they're back on the beat. So it gives everyone the message, this is a new system you're in. And you better behave yourself. That's really what it's all for. And um, and then they have all these different practices too with the military within the country. Sometimes it's foreign troops who bring in, as they do in Britain and elsewhere. And uh, and they'll stop traffic on highways and roads, and even up in the highlands in Scotland. I think it was Czechoslovakian troops who were using there at one point, and everybody wondered if they'd been invaded. Nobody was weren't told a darn thing. But that's how you're treated today. It doesn't matter about you. You're just the herd, and. Uh, and this scenario must go forward with its rehearsals and training and practice for something bigger to come, obviously. That's why you set up a police state. This article here is from the ACLU, which generally isn't a conspiracy website, 
And uh, it says, your senators demand the military lock up American citizens in a battlefield, which they define as being right outside your window, so it's at home. Well, nearly all Americans head to family and friends to celebrate Thanksgiving. The Senate is gearing up for a vote on Monday or Tuesday that goes to the very heart of who we are as Americans. The Senate will be voting a bill that will direct American military resources not at enemy shooting at our military in a war zone, but American citizens and other civilians uh, far from any battlefield, even people in the United States itself. This is the senators need to hear from you and whether you think your front yard is part of a battlefield and if any president can send the military anywhere in the world to imprison civilians without charge or trial. The Senate is going to vote on whether Congress will give this president and every future president the power to order the military to pick up and imprison without charge or trial civilians anywhere in the world. And it says, even Rep. Ron Paul, Texas raises concerns about the, the NDAA detention provisions during last night's Republican debate. The power is so broad that even U.S. citizens could be swept up by the military and the military could be used far from any battlefield or even within the U.S. itself. It says, the worldwide indefinite detention without charge or trial provision is an S-1867, the National Defense Authorization Act bill, which will be on the Senate floor on Monday. The bill was drafted in secret, there's no conspiracies here, uh, by Senators Carl Levin from Michigan and John McCain from Arizona, and passed in a closed-door committee meeting without even a single hearing. Well, there's democracy for you, eh? He says, I know it sounds incredible, new powers to, to use the military worldwide, even within the United States. Hasn't anyone told the Senate and Osama bin Laden that is, Osama bin Laden is dead and that the president is pulling all of the combat troops out of Iraq and trying to figure out how to get combat troops out of Afghanistan too? And the American citizen people picked up on American or Canadian or British streets being sent to military prisons indefinitely without even being charged with a crime, really, does anyone think this is a good idea, and why now? Because a lot is going to hit the fan, as I say, obviously. That's why now. The answer is, is, is why now is nothing more than the election season politics. The White House, the Secretary of Defense, and the Attorney General have all said that the indefinite detention provisions in the National Defense Authorization Act are harmful and counterproductive. The White House, House has even threatened a veto, but Senate politics has propelled this bad legislation to the Senate floor. So they want you to basically um, start emailing your senators and so on and tell them to get off the bus, basically, with this idea. And it's so broadly worded, too. It's broadly worded because they want to use, uh, eventually, the, all these gaps in, in the, the terminology to put through more laws and more laws and more laws. So it's very nasty, obviously. Big things are going to come down the pike, probably not too long to go. We've had all the crashes, there's more to come. And um, that's all part of the plan as well, by the way. That's all part of the plan as well. Uh, as I say, you know, they could have crashed the economy anytime they wanted to because the stock market's always been a racket and a bubble with insiders trading. And they picked that time because it was time to bring in world austerity, where they can then take your, your tax money and throw it across the world. They call it redistribution of wealth, right out of the Communist Manifesto of Karl Marx. And we're always worried, too, about, uh, especially those who've read the 
anything but conspiracy-minded um, scientists, stuff that they put out over the years, right from the horse's mouth. They bring it out themselves. The labs uh, put it out. Uh, universities put out the, the info. Books are written about it by professors, about, so, oh, we have to depopulate, we have to depopulate very quickly. And they always give you uh, sort of jangled statistics to try and prove their points. It's kind of like the global warming graphs and stuff like that. And it says here, anthrax isn't scary at all compared to this man-made flu virus with potential to wipe out many millions if it ever escaped. It's created in a research lab. And I've always told you, uh, these labs that create the vaccines are part of the military-industrial complex. Why would you spend money on so many new labs to, to find ways of making killer diseases when you already have them? You already have them, uh, the ones that make the vaccines. So it says a group of scientists is pushing to publish research about how they created a man-made flu virus that could potentially wipe out civilization. Isn't that wonderful? The power, the power of Raleigh. Deadly virus is genetically tweaked version of the H5N1 bird flu strain, but is far more infectious and could pass easily between millions of people at a time. See, that was a problem with H5N1. Apart from all the hype that came out of the WHO, the World Health Organization, it simply wasn't spreading like crazy at all. It's very hard to catch it, in fact. In fact, most of the ones in the Far East were getting it directly from the... the they like to drink the blood from the bird uh, off the bat, you know, without cooking it. And... Um, uh, and a few of them would get it, but it wasn't spreading fast enough. So here they've, they've weaponized it. The research has caused a storm of controversy and divided scientists, with some saying it should never have been carried out. Uh, the current strain of h 5 n one has killed only 500 people. That's in donkey's years. As you well know, a donkey's years is a long time. And it's not contagious enough to, to cause a global pandemic. Uh, but that's not what they were telling us at the time. They want everyone to get, get the shots with this stuff. But there are fears the modified virus is so dangerous it could be used for biowarfare if it falls into the wrong hands. I would say it's already in them, the ones who created it. Virologist Ron Fouchier of the Erasmus Medical Center in the Netherlands led a team of scientists who discovered that a mere five mutations to the avian virus was sufficient to make it far it spread far more easily. In other words, they've totally made it into a very serious thing. He conducted his tests on ferrets. They usually use ferrets for this particular uh, test, actually, as animals become a model of choice for influenza and have similar respiratory tracts to humans. Uh, says Fusher is prepared for a media storm that he has hired uh, an advisor to help him work on a communication strategy. In other words, he's hired a public relations, which is a propaganda specialist, to try and spin it all into a, a nice story rather than a horror story. The research done was part of an international drive to understand the H5N1 more fully. Who funded it all, eh? We should find out who did all the funding. Maybe the Rockefellers, when they met at the Luckily Gene Club, eh? it was printed in the Irish Times, I think, elsewhere, where he says we've got to go into rapid depopulation now. Eh? Maybe that one. Fisher admitted the strain is one of the most dangerous viruses you can make, but is still adamant he wants to publish a paper describing how it was done. Here's ego for you. Study is one of two which has caused serious debate about scientific freedom and about regulating research, which might, which might have potential public health benefits, but at the same time could also be used for bioterrorism. The other paper also on H5N1 is done by a joint team at the University of Wisconsin and the University of Tokyo. It's understood to have the comparable results to the study done by Fouchier. So it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of this stuff up. You'd be so surprised how many weaponized strains of things they've been working on over many, many years. Uh, under the guise to the public, when the public find out, well, we just want to see 
uh, if it went through different steps, if, we, if it would turn into a killer. So we made it happen. We didn't went through five steps to make it a killer. Now, they've been doing this since, since the middle of World War II. This isn't new rocket science to them. They know how to weaponize it. They know how to weaponize it. It's easy stuff. There's a book that's called uh, Deadly Allies, Canada's Secret War. Get a copy of that because it's a declassified information from the Canadian government who led the field for many years in biowarfare. And, um, and just see how fast they even mentioned at the end of World War II how fast you could take a, a virus that was harmless and make it a lethal killer within one hour in what they called their fast breeder technique. So it's, it's, it's all out in the open for those who want to think about it. Now, everyone's gone into hyperdrive over uh, the emails that came out about the con games with all these climate scientists on their big, massive uh, grants, etc., and their political cause. It's quite fantastic. But uh, I'll go into some of these documents later in this broadcast because some of it is awfully revealing. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix and talking about the, the emails that came out that were leaked in the, the, the second portion of them that were released recently to do with the, the cover-ups of the scientists that are getting highly paid, handsomely paid, a, a future career, of course, a whole career for the rest of their lives, they hope, uh, and big grant money uh, getting thrown at them all the time uh, to do with the global warming farce and it's all to do with the carbon taxes, etc. One article I put up tonight uh, is actually an expose where it's been admitted that the scientists colluded with government for a political policy. It's for a political policy. I've said that all along. It's, this has nothing to do with what they're telling you. It's a political agenda to get another massive tax base to spread around into their favorite projects for the future, where there's going to be a lot fewer of us around, mind you. But also, apart from the massive money that was scammed from everyone, it's also to do with the, the controlling every single person on the planet, how much carbon you emit, uh, how much uh, CO2 you emit when you breathe. In other words, you're going to pay for every breath you take and every exhale you make. And really, that's really what it's all about. Control, total control over every individual and massive taxation. And the taxation will be put into the purchase taxes of everything you purchase. They'll say it takes so much CO2, uh, carbon to make this thing. So much energy was released. That's energy waste. And you have to pay all that too. That's what it's all about, folks. Now, this article here goes on, it was on ASA, this one here. Uh, did I say the ship was sinking? Well, Canada, Europe, Brazil, the USA and Russia are planning exits or delays to do with the carbon thing. Things are not going too well at Durban or anywhere else in the land where people want to change the weather. It says um, the politics of the UN climate process are undergoing something of a fundamental transformation. It appears nearly anyone with power or influence wants to get out or delay action on climate change. This very uh, innocuous word. Climate change, understand, used to be just global warming, global warming till that got flattened. You can't go wrong with climate change because the climate's always changing. You should call it just the weather, you know. It changes from day, in fact. Canada announced it will formally withdraw from the Kyoto Protocol next month, joining Japan and Russia, who have ruled out commitments. The EU announced it won't act if anyone else doesn't. 
He says the 27 nation bloc said it accounts for about 11% of global emissions and it can't act alone on emissions blamed for damaging the environment. As far as Durban goes, the most, uh, most of the rest of the major emitters want to delay changes. The US, Russia and Japan were already arguing for a long, longer time frame. To the anger of small island states, India and Brazil have joined rich nations in wanting to start talks on a legal deal no earlier than 2015. It says, um, meanwhile, GWPF's Benny Pizer uh, lays, it out, lays it out in the Wall Street Journal. Not lays it out, but lays it out. Participants at last week's United Nations Climate Conference in Poznan, Poland, were taken aback by a world seemingly turned upside down. The traditional villains and heroes of the international climate narrative, the wicked U.S. and the noble European Union, had unexpectedly swapped roles. For once, it was the EU that was criticized for backpedaling on its CO2 targets, while at Europe's climate nemesis, the U.S., found itself commended for electing an environmental champion as a president. The wrangle over the EU's controversial climate package at a separate summit in Brussels wrong-footed the world's green bureaucracy. The EU... Uh, we even got a green... It's true enough, we do have an, a green bureaucracy. What, what does it mean, a green bureaucracy? It's all to do with cash, you know, and control. Anyway, it says, um, instead of seeking plans to cut CO2 emissions by 20% below 1990 levels by 2020, the actual reductions might be as trivial as 4% if all exemptions are factored in. The Brussels summit symbolizes a turning point. The Germans are asking hard questions and leading other EU countries out of the mess. You see, we all uh, are up to our eyeballs in supposed debt by bailing out banks at the same time. Uh, but there's hardly any jobs to go around anymore, and there's certainly not much of a future for all the people, all the young folk coming up and leaving uh, college and school. So they want to further make it worse by jacking the price of everything up, including all your food too. It's already happened. Your food and everything else, your basics have gone up until lots of folk can't really afford it. And they want to just drive in the stake into the heart by finishing it off with all these new taxes on everything you purchase. They're all forms of value-added taxes. You understand that that the Royal Institute of International Affairs that came out of the Milner Group, they want to take over all of the resources of the world, water, food, everything, all minerals, etc. Still going strong, run all your media, by the way, and have their boys all through politics and in the banks. Every president, prime minister is a member of of the club. Uh, They know where they're going with it all. Uh, they're, They're still on that goal today. And they plan to use that as a big stick. Uh, everything you need to survive and live will be used as a big stick against you. But they did say as they got rid of all the tariffs because of free trade, because lots of your tax money would come from imports, you see, so that you would have a domestic market at home to protect your own domestic market. That was the purpose. Same with farming. And now you can dump any cheap stuff across the world and put your own guys under. That's also used as a, a technique of warfare putting your own, especially farmers, under. Once they're gone, <laughs> you're at the mercy boy of anybody who, who's got a, a bit of bread in their hands. But anyway, as I say, it's well on its way, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this and how, how they're trying to get around all of this. And then we'll go on to, uh, there's an article here about a new breed of genetically modified mosquitoes. It carries a gene that cripples its own offspring, something like the stuff to do with humans now, you know. And it says they could crush native mosquito populations and block the spread of disease, and they're already in the air. They're already in the air, though that's been a secret. No kidding. Scientists have genetically engineered mosquitoes with a self-destruct mechanism, an advance that could slow the spread of mosquitoes' born diseases. 
They've got them south of the border in the U.S. and they're coming up too into the U.S. We'll we'll see what else they do. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix and just talking about, uh, again, modified diseases, modified insects, etc., and how they're releasing them all over the place, supposedly to to, to wipe them out. Uh, that's what we're being told anyway. But uh, I'll put this article up tonight, and it's actually called the wipeout gene. Uh, they're going gene crazy these days. Eh? Everything's getting modified, including us, through our food and injections and so on. But... Uh, it's astonishing. There's, there's nothing to, to stop it, really. Is the, people don't, the people don't have the will to stop this. And uh, we're almost held you know, to the counter. And it's like, take it or leave it with your food and everything else, isn't it? For most folks, they can't afford organic food. Organic food is just a con name for normal food. Now, you pay ten times the price for it. Uh, and the rest of the stuff is all GM modified and absolutely pesticide-soaked. And uh, as I mentioned before, too, once you see it, once you're... Once you're dependent on importing foods, etc., uh, then the government isn't intent, uh, content to lose all that import duty, so they now have a value-added tax. They must get a value-added tax, and, and that goes along with free trade. That's why they've been trying to get into the U.S. for such a long time, the value-added tax idea. That's to make up for all the lost import taxes that they'll get when, when it's free trade, right? Um, new food. New food bill in New Zealand takes away human right to grow food. Uh, it says, I was shocked to learn from a friend on the weekend that a new food bill is being brought in here in New Zealand. The new bill will make it a privilege and not a right to grow food. I find two aspects of the bill alarming. The first is the scope and impact the new bill has, and certainly it has all happened so quietly. There's been very little media coverage on a bill which promises to jeopardize the food uh, security of the country. I read that the bill is being brought in because of the World Trade Organization, which, of course, has the United States FDA behind it. And, of course, that is influenced by big business such as Monsanto and other players. It looks like this New Zealand food bill will, have, will pave the way to reduce the plant diversity and small owners' operations in New Zealand. It says, for example, by way of controlling the legality of seed saving and trading barter and giving away all will be potentially illegal. So, once again, they try to get you to, to make it law. You can only buy their seed. You, and, of course, it's no use. You've got to buy it every year because if there's a Terminator gene on it, you can't save up good seed and, and plant it next year. It literally has got a Terminator gene in it. So as to make you all, just like India, totally slaves, slaves to the, the corporate ones as you go hand in glove every year, if you're a farmer especially, and say, please give me my seed quota, and you pay big bucks for it. And it's, it's all, it's, it's not healthy stuff whatsoever. It's nothing to do just with food, you understand. It's how to alter you. Remember Charles Galton Darwin, whose big project was to depopulate the planet of the useless eaters, as he called them. And this guy was a Manhattan scientist, Manhattan Project scientist, and a descendant of Charles Darwin. He was hailed by all the mainstream media. Of course, it's all Rawlings of International Affairs, Council of Foreign Relations guys who own it. And he was hailed as a champion. It's about time someone came out and said this. There's too many useless eaters at the bottom in this post-industrial society that's coming in. 
And uh, he thought of ways to sterilize the public, just like the bugs there, these mosquitoes, and, uh, and, and, and also put up the death rate too. So uh, these things are released. That was in his own book, The Next Million Years. Read it for yourself. No conspiracy theory about it. It's out in the open. And he, he says, we'll use the needle, food, water, etc., whatever it takes, or all of these things. Well, it's happened. Of course, for the average person out there, they'll still say, oh, they'd never do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do it, so they'd never do it. They're just tossing ideas around, you know. That's how people think. And... This one here is from Britain. Prepare for riots in the euro if it, if it collapses. They talk about the cash, etc. Uh, foreign office. This is the, the official office for Britain. Uh, foreign office warns. British embassies in the eurozone have been told to draw plans to help British expatriates through the collapse of a single currency amid new fears for Italy and Spain. What a great idea this united currency is. Everybody's been raped and pillaged to keep this darn thing afloat. And apart from having to pay now the, the, the debt, uh, accumulated debt for another couple of generations, now you have to sign down about 25 generations in advance as slaves to pay off the debt to bail out the darn euro. Many the bankers like it. They live off interest, don't they? Anyway, it says, As Italian government struggles to borrow and Spain considered seeking an international bailout, British ministers privately warned that the breakup of the euro, once almost unthinkable, is now increasingly plausible. Diplomats are preparing to help Britons abroad through a banking collapse and even riots arising from the debt crisis. The Treasury confirmed earlier this month that contingency planning for a collapse is now underway. A senior minister has now revealed the extent of the government's concern, saying that Britain is now planning on the basis that a euro collapse is now just a matter of time. So I'll put that up there. Amazing, it's a pity they didn't, didn't do what the public wanted. Just don't go into it in the first place. Don't get a single currency on the go. It makes no sense. We'll all be in trouble and broke. But no, no, they go ahead and mind the bankers win, as I say. They always get paid. doesn't matter who. It's like wars. It doesn't matter who loses the war. They're still signed down to pay it off. Never lose. And I've put this link up a few times as to, as to, you hear, um, General Wesley Clark in 2007 on a television show in the US, uh, talking about this list, the famous list I've talked about many times that the first the New American Century group under George Bush published and, uh, Wolfowitz was behind it, Pearl, a whole bunch of people and, uh, Cheney, Rumsfeld, all these guys, where they talked about taking out Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, Syria, uh, Libya, a whole bunch of countries. They're all on the list, you see. And and then I remember I talked about a month, two months ago, uh, it was from the, new, the newspapers again, that Rumsfeld congratulated Obama for continuing with the same list, you see. This is, uh, and so General Wellesley Clark revealed in 2007 that the U.S. planned to take out seven countries in five years, including Iran. Now, November 14, 2011, he was on CNN saying how Iran must be invaded. CNN blew away, blew it away by showing this video because now it is out in the open what they're doing. So I'll put this link up and you can hear it in his own words from the horse's mouth to keep you happy. And one last article here to do with reality. And it says, why is the American establishment media sanitizing reality? This is the December 5th, 2011 cover-up of Time magazine represents a disturbing truth. The American corporate-controlled establishment media presents a picture of the world that is meant to placate and pacify the people of the United States 
in favor of presenting reality as it is. When the covers of the European, the Asian, South Pacific editions have an image of chaos in the streets in Egypt with revolution redux and bold white letters on the center, the American edition is a cartoon with the headline, Why Anxiety is Good for You. See how every country is managed by the same corporation. Is this this just a meaningless marketing tactic, or does it exemplify the greater trend in how the American corporate media presents the world to the people of the United States? I tend towards the latter thinking, given the fact that this is something that is inescapable when consuming media marketed to people in the United States. When I have the unfortunate pleasure of turning on the radio and listening to national public radio, I never cease to be amazed by the topics they choose to cover. When much of the economies of the world are in shambles, Uprisings, both real and manufactured, are occurring around the globe. Brutal police crackdowns are taking place in the United States, and the federal government is attempting to legalize indefinite military detention of civilians. Even American citizens without trial or charge, they opt for, a fluff, for fluff stories with little to do or no meaning whatsoever. Trivia, in other words. Is anxiety good for you? This is the unfortunate nature of the infotainment industry that appeals to the lowest common denominator instead of attempting to inform and educate their audience. The, debat- the debatable aspect of the grim fact is if it is simply a result of sacrificing information and content in favor of ratings or if it is calculated agenda to dumb down the American people. Well, I think it was John Taylor Gatto went into that process of dumbing down the American people, and so did Charlotte Isserby through the educational system, because they also talked about how things would be followed up by media that would give a version for the Americans of happy, happy trivia, well, really slaughter was going abroad, on abroad, etc., all that kind of stuff, all that kind of stuff. And by the way, everyone should remember too that everything you do on the net is monitored. It was from the beginning. It's, it's, it's working with the NSA. Everything. And this article is about uh, the Wall Street Journal unveiled Saturday. The surveillance catalog, an online database containing highlights from surveillance industry marketing documents. The documents show dozens of companies making and selling everything from massive intercept gear that can gather all internet communications in a country to hacking tools that allow governments to break into people's computers. And what they use was this particular article here is about iTunes. iTunes obviously are aware of this. They've been working with, uh, they haven't changed this particular problem, as they call it, for three and a half years. It allows a, a particular, like from government or whoever wants it, a Trojan into your computer through your iTunes updates. They're all at it, though. They all do this. Last week I read about one where they were sending fake updates for Java and all the rest of it, and that's how they get other Trojans. And it's all NSA stuff for those who who just while away their time on the computer thinking they're perfectly safe and, and uh, they're in charge. That's why they call it personal computer. It's your computer. You understand, the last person it belongs to really is, is you. <laughs> You're just the, the, the fool that gives them all the info they want on you on a daily basis. Sorry to say it, but it's true. And in Australia, I think it's Australia, yeah, Australia, uh, parents now who are on uh, child benefits, family benefits, they call them, if they haven't got their children immunized, they won't get their cash. There's blackmail for you. I'll put that link up tonight too. And we'll see how that goes. But yeah, we're living in 
a Disneyland of fact and fiction thrown at you every single day. Even the Patriot Field is turning into a circus in some quarters, and uh, uh, that's intentional too. So it's a sad, sad thing that we're going through. You know, counterintelligence works, remember. Counterintelligence works at all times. It takes facts that are being put out there, and then it puts its own version, grabbing those facts, and spins it off in the outer space. And unfortunately, there's lots of folk awfully willing to be spun off in the outer space. It's, it's more exciting you know, with aliens and dragons and stuff like that, you know. Now, there's callers on the line hanging on here. There's Sean from New York. I got that one now, yep. Hello, Sean. Yeah, hello? Yes. Yeah, what's up, Alan? Um, I have some questions to ask you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was wondering where um, circumcision, like, why did it, um, why was it invented? I know it came from the Jews, but I was just wondering if it was invented, was it like, it's invented like to prevent STDs, but is it a lie or is it made for something else? Oh, there's many reasons, but the Egyptians were doing it long before. Um, in fact, you get depictions on some of the, the, the steels there, uh, they're carved out of the, 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 the rocks. Um, quite famous ones actually, where you actually see them depicting doing circumcisions in, in Egypt. And then when Egypt was invaded by the Habiru, uh, there's some, some folk think may have been the Hebrews, um, they were surprised to find out, the Egyptians were find out that they were also circumcised. And at the same time, they're being invaded from the peoples from the sea, from the, from the, uh, the sea, you know, from the, uh, the north, even the Aegean area. Uh, these people also were circumcised. So it was a big shock to everybody to find out that circumcision uh, had been a, a much, much older thing. Most of them, th- each one, each group thought only we have it, you see. So you, you still find tribes in Africa who will do this as part of a manhood ceremony when the child reaches maybe 12 or 14, and uh, which is more painful, of course, I'm sure, um, to, to bring them into, into manhood. So it's, um, it, it is, it's to do with virility. It's to do with, uh, um, in Judaism, of course, you've got a, a very uh, mixed religion there. It's not Old Testament stuff, modern Judaism, but it's, um, it's to do really with the seed, people of the seed. So everything to do with the phallic symbol, the seed, etc., uh, and the purpose of the seed, like a duty or a program, um, is all to do with, with the penis itself. Uh, and again, it brings people into the fold, you know, one of the fold, you know, uh, under the a commandment of, of the deity, God, whatever, you're part of us now. Whereas if you didn't get it, you, you really wouldn't be part of us. Now, there are branches of Judaism and, 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 and liberalism today, liberal Jews, who will allow Gentiles in, apparently, without circumcision. But the Orthodox don't really approve of it at all. They're, they're very, um, they're all for the real thing. And uh, so anyway, it's to do with virility. Uh, you might say it's like the old, um, one of the old mottos used to have, and, and I think it was the, the sea cadets or something, it was, it was uh, ready, I ready, always ready. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's really down to that, you know, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, um, the, the STDs basically was a lie to get people into doing circumcision for their child. Yeah, well, it's interesting. In, in Judaism, um, you, even your slaves, eventually you would circumcise. And 
uh, it's nothing to do with STDs because, as I say, they were doing this long before the even new disease existed. Every, although ancient times they thought the disease was caused by de- uh, bad spirits. So it's not that at all. And um, it, it could be an agenda. There's definitely orthodox rabbis who would probably like everyone to be circumcised. But you'll find that if you go into all the Semitic peoples in North Africa, they, they, it was used as a symbol, a mark of, of the person. Um, belonging to the tribe and you would put your hand under the kilt they called it uh, of, of say the head of the tribe when you were maybe a runner or, or you're coming in from another another branch of your tribe and you put your hand under and you would actually feel the genital area to make sure he was one of you and he would do the same thing uh, it's also you'll find in the Old Testament that that's what you swore the oath on uh, where Jacob's, you know, you, you, you put your hand under your, on your father's thigh. It's not the f- thigh. They were being polite in the Bible version. You put it on the, gen- on the penis itself to, and, and you swore allegiance on that because you were given a promise by the deity to basically dominate the world by your seed and, uh, and be as numerous as the stars and sands of the sea and all the rest of it. So that was all part of it too. And in the ancient courts in Judea, you were led in by what they, the term comes from, the short and curlies. That's where they held you. They held the family jewels. And uh, if you lied in front of the judge, they would crush them permanently, you know. So this, it's, it's all to do with the, 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 the reproduction of your own kind down through the ages, basically, and to make sure a person is a member of your tribe. Oh, you know? uh, that's, um, it makes a lot of sense. All right, I have another question. Were you um ex Freemason, ex Illuminati? Because I'm um, just asking this because the information you're giving, like you're saying, is just like it um it's a lot. Mm-hmm. No, I was never a member of the Illuminati. You don't have to be a member of the Illuminati. I have the had uh, theosophists from New York approach me, wondering how I knew all this stuff and stuff like that. But uh, but I'll explain some of that when I come back from this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking to Sean from New York, uh, who, who asked me if I was a member or, or had been in the Illuminati, and I, I say no, because you don't have to. What you do have to do is study the, the real documentation about them, the stuff that governments put out about them and their goals and ambitions, which wasn't really a new thing. Freemasonry have been doing that for a long time. And, uh, and of course, today we have think tanks and associations like the Council on Foreign Relations. You can't just go in and join them. You have to ask, they, they be asked to join them. So things today are done uh, more in a, 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 a more, what do you call it, a, a more respectable f- uh, manner. That's how all the, all the big plans are drafted up today. It's respectable through governments and RAND corporations, exactly, stuff like that. So you've got to be careful with the whole Illuminati stuff because... Because there's a big movement on, and Sunstein talked about the movements, how we ridicule, destroy a patriot movement from within. That's been going for some time. And I've, I've gone on shows with the Illuminati, and, and I'll try and wail it. I've had top uh, movie makers for me up, and, and uh, uh, one of them uh, a few years ago there, he was coming right up to see me that day. You know, he was coming right up to do a whole you know, film on me. And then he said at the very end, after an hour's talking, he says, and, and he says, and, and when you bring in the aliens and the UFOs, and I said, what? The guy had heard on my stuff, read my stuff, I said, what? 
He says, you know, you know, I said, no, I won't, I won't fool the public. And he kind of hummed and hawed and, and, and that was the last I heard of him. He, he does a lot of movies for a lot of big guys. And he's got lots of funding to set them up. That's counterintelligence. If I'd gone and done that, I'd have raked in the cash. But, but, uh, I'm not here for the cash. It's the same thing on one of the major shows at night. Uh, the guy asked me if I'd go easy on certain people who I knew were there to ridicule the Patriot movement. Uh, and I said, no, I won't. He says, if you do, he says, I'll have you on every week or two weeks. He says, you know, lots of, that's promises of big money because you get, you get so much exposure. And I said, no, I won't do it. And then even in today's paper, there's one about the, the, the lizard man who is raking in the big, big cash with big following and, uh, a guy who said he was God and the world was going to end in 1997. Uh, and it, it takes stuff from all the books that are out there on conspiracies, shoves it in his own, and just straight out, in it goes. You do it in a week, and next thing you know, um, it rakes in the cash. And there are people getting their minds so screwed up. So the patriot business, as you want to call it, or exposure, ends up being a circus. A circus is where here's, here's, here's a bearded lady, here's a bearded lady dwarf. Uh, here's... Here's the guy who's eight feet tall, you know, and uh, here's a woman with three breasts, uh, and and th- there's our Alan Watt with the documentation of what's really been happening. That's how I get lumped in with them. You understand? See how it works? Do you understand how this works? How you you end up ridiculing the the, the few out there who are giving nothing but documentation and truth. This is called counterintelligence. For those who don't understand, it's very simple to do. You can set up people to, to be agents. So simply, you know, so simple. And lots of folks want to follow that stuff because it takes the onus of doing anything. You can concentrate on your spirituality and you can go up the, the old Illuminati colors up to violets and become godlike, you know, and stuff like that. Ooh, wow. You know, people love that stuff. They don't like the hard fact truths because the onus comes back on you. What are you going to do about all of this? Do you understand that? So, it's up to you who you want to follow. I don't really care, personally. And uh, I can remember the old UFO thing. It turned into a massive religious cult. They had pilgrims coming from thousands of miles in the U.S. These big, long caravan trails of people wearing hoods and gowns like priests and ministers and UFO symbols. And that was a big CIA operation to see if it could be done. Of course it could be done. Now we know that. From Hamish Massey, from Ontario, Canada... Yes, good night to me, your God or your gods go with you. Remember, you could donate to me too and help me tickle over because personally, I don't really care much more if I'm here or not. Take care. <laughs>